dimensions, through the wall between the living and the dead. Norbert edged closer to me. I resisted the urge to pinch the back of his neck and scare the crap out of him. An epic Norbert freakout would be hilarious. But then Paula might realize we were two kids who were conning her and not legitimate paranormal investigators. An oxymoron if there ever was one. There's a Chumash graveside up the road, I whispered. I bet some of their spirits were restless and wandered in this direction. It happens all the time. Actually, it happens never. But if Paula knew that, I wouldn't have money for frozen pizzas. I held up a finger. One minute. Very subtly, I reached into my pocket for the battery-operated metronome I had wrapped in tinfoil. I pressed a button on the side and started to slowly turn the volume up from zero. It took a second before the sound registered in my ears. Paula lifted her head. What's that? The detection system, I explained in a low voice. We're getting something. Norbert was statue still. He appeared to be listening just as hard as Paula. I stabbed him in the ribs with my finger. Ow, he yelped. Ow, what? asked Paula. I stabbed him again. My, ow, my butt fell asleep, said Norbert. He fiddled with the VCR remote. Electromagnetic emissions are increasing. So it's real, breathed Paula. I'm not crazy. Not at all, I lied, turning up the metronome. Tick, tick, tick. We all waited. The hallway lights stayed off. No scratching could be heard. My right foot started to cramp in a big way. I tried to flex, but that only seemed to make it worse. The muscle in my arch tightened, and I felt my toes curling downward. I shifted, attempting to straighten my leg and accidentally kneed Norbert in the hip. A deafening electronic scream blasted from his pants. Paula jumped. Norbert horror movie shrieked and I leapt to my feet, momentarily forgetting about my arch cramp. With my right foot trying to turn itself into a fist, I lost my balance and staggered into the wall, then fell back down onto Norbert's lap. Thankfully, my ass must have landed on the keychain alarm he inexplicably carries, because the sound died immediately. Paula broke the silence. What the hell? Norbert opened his mouth, but I jumped in before he could screw it up. The spirits are aware of our presence, I said, clamoring off my cousin and neglecting to mention the obvious, that everything in a half-mile radius was now aware of our presence. I grabbed my right toes and pulled them up toward my shin. My foot muscle relaxed, and I breathed a sigh of relief. And now that we're aware of them, they should be easy to get rid of. Really? asked Paula. You need to vacate by tomorrow morning, I instructed her. We require 36 hours to make your house uninhabitable to all ghosts and spirits. You can return Monday evening to a beautiful California craftsman that is yours and yours alone. I extended a hand and pulled Norbert to his feet. Please remit the remainder of your payment online to Umbra Investigations.
After Paula had poured herself another glass of booze and toddled back to bed, we headed for my GTO. Norbert plopped into the passenger seat and chucked our fake ghost hunting equipment onto the seat behind us. That was wild, he said. That was crap, I answered. Maybe. I gave him a look. You do know none of it was real, right? Skeptic, said Norbert. It was what he always said. It drove me nuts. Paula's got bats in her belfry. I fired up the engine and pulled out onto the road. That's not very nice. I mean it, I said. Actual bats. What? Remember when I went up to the attic to measure the EMFs? I made air quotes with one set of fingers. Yeah. Bat poo?